Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, and today I am joined by a very special guest, host of Locked On Steelers, beat writer over at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, covering the Pitt Panthers and a magical season for the basketball program, ending Chris Carter. I think I don't even think I need to introduce you really because I'm sure that people watching this show are probably more excited that your face is on here than mine. Oh, but Steven's please. on vacation, so uh, that's good. They, they're missing young bull Steven. As a listen, <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all think y'all know Steven because he's all nice on here, but young bull Steven, we go partying on the road to <laughs> March Madness, he's a whole different person. So, shout out to Steven Thompson. I hope he's enjoying some time off. Yeah, 100%. Steven is the dude that every time when we were at the Combine, we were down at the Senior Bowl, the guy, it's like 7.30. He's like, all right, so are we going to start drinking now? Or, And I'm like, we're trying. I'm I'm trying so hard, buddy. But, you know, good for him. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he's enjoying his week. As always, uh, I start the show. Beautiful day here in the Berg. The Berg has been sunny and nice all weekend for us, except for a little bit of rain on Saturday. How you feeling, my friend? How you been? I've been great. I've been great. Just, you know, um, you know, it's it's been nice to kind of calm down a little bit as much as I loved covering March Madness. And I, I, I've, I've told anyone that knows me knows that I was on the road for three weeks. I was I went to the combine yeah. for a week that I had to go to a friend's bachelor party weekend. Then I flew from right from there to uh, uh, to North Carolina for the ACC tournament, came back for selection Sunday, then immediately went to Dayton, then back to Greensboro. I was all over the place. And then we come back and we're covering Pitt spring practices. This is a nice, this is a nice little calm down period before the draft begins. So I'm gonna take it. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't blame you at all. It is crazy when you called me that one day. So for those of you who don't know the story, Chris, Stephen, and Noah were all in. Uh, Noah Hiles were all in. Where were you guys? Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call at nine in the morning. It's like, hey, we're actually just gonna go right to Greensboro, yeah, North Carolina, to cover the first yep. round of the the NCAA tournament. Then I see on Twitter. You guys actually had to drive like three hours, four hours out of the way because of Tesla. And then you went back three hours, three weeks on the road. I don't think I could do it. I don't, I don't think it was, I could do it. Uh, li- listen, we almost didn't do it. Like there was a point there where <laughs> my man Noah Hiles, he like, it, it was, to be fair, it wasn't Tesla's fault. It was Hertz's yeah. fault because they put a, a maintenance check on us. They made us drive to Cincinnati of Oof. all places. Uh, and then eventually we got to Cincinnati. They said, oh, you didn't actually have to drive here. We could have done this online. I'm like, thanks for wasting half of our day and then we didn't we had we had left Dayton I think at 11 a.m we got to uh Greensboro at like 12 30 after midnight so like oh my gosh it was, a, it, was a, it was a long and that's after again of being on the road for two weeks already uh and then uh yes we, we got a good time but it was again it was a great time we had a bit of awesome road trip there and yeah we were calling through your callings we were like uh Steve if if, if y'all want to roll with us we gotta roll now so uh but yeah it was it was a great trip though yeah, yeah. It sounded like a good adventure. That's the best part of this job half the time. Let's talk Pittsburgh Steelers. We are closing in. It's officially draft month. This is the first episode of draft month. We've seen all the mocks. We've seen all the pre-draft visits, the pro the pro day visits, the NFL combined. The Steelers have laid out a map for us. At this point, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've looked at everything they've done and the players that they've talked to. How do you see them approaching the first round in that pick 17? I feel like they're ready to be aggressive here, Noah. Like, I, I think that with the way that they've, and I've talked about this on, on Locked on Steelers. I talked about this in Final Word on, on last night with Channel 11. But I really think that 
what they've done here is they've addressed so many positions. They've gotten the, you know, they, they've now that they've gotten uh, Braden Fajoko, they have a run stuffer on the defensive line. They've brought back uh, Larry Ogunjobi, so they're less pressed to get a, a defensive lineman starter put right there. But they could get one if they wanted to. Look at the offensive line. They're less pressed to get uh, an offensive lineman. Their offensive tackle would be great, but they've gotten guys there so you can still you can get one but not necessarily in a, the ultimate need cornerback they brought in Patrick Peterson there so now you have veteran presence again you still want to draft one but you don't necessarily have to get one in the first round you can get a second and a third round guy and you know same thing goes for safety they signed Keanu Neal after letting Terrell Edmonds go now you could get a safety if you want it but you don't have to and this is now a position of strength I think that they put themselves in to give them the chance to say hey you know what if there's that top prospect if we think Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Broderick Jones, any one of those top guys, Peter Skaronsky, all those guys, if we think that any of those guys can be the guy, they can be the pillar player that we've been waiting on, we can go get them because we we don't have to wait and just and count up all our draft picks and just kind of stay put and wait for things here. But also, if they think that guy's falling to them, they don't have to move at all. And if they say, you know what, this hasn't worked out the way we wanted – we want to, we want to, you know, there's a lot more day two guys we want to rack up. We can trade back and get more picks. The point is, this is Omar Khan's chance. It's his first year where he's running the whole, the whole room. This is their chance to say, all right, let's get aggressive in any direction. Let's, let's put, set a new course for where the Steelers are going. I think that's the bottom line here is they're going to go for guys that I think have higher ceilings, you know, and like, safe picks are fine, but I don't mm-hmm. think they need safe picks right now. They need guys who are going to go that have, have the potential to become all-stars X factors, guys that are, can be tone setters. And again, this is at every position that we've been talking about. And I think the good thing with this draft class, class is it's very deep and there's a lot of potential for guys to become those types of players. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you hit the nail right on the head. I've been saying it all offseason. It seems like Omar's got a fire lit under him. Like this is his first offseason last year. We we talked about, oh, he, they got Minka's deal done early. They got Chris Boswell's done deal done early. They made some moves in free agency with Larry Ogunjobi mm-hmm. late in the summer. Like they, it, it was it was Omar Khan. Um, now I look at it and I say this is his first offseason to kind of look at the entire situation and say, you want to see what I could do as general manager? Just watch. And I, I agree. I think that the possibility to both move up and move back are certainly on the table. They've set themselves up for a good position to take best player available. Do you have a list of players or, or one or two guys that you say, if, if this guy slides past 10, hits 12 or 13, the Steelers start making phone calls? I think both the top corners, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez, are on my mat for that. Especially Devin Witherspoon. I mm-hmm. I like the way that Christian Gonzalez tests. I think that he he rounds out a lot of the physical traits. I like the demeanor though of Devin Witherspoon. The way that he plays, he's aggressive. He's physical. He's also aggressive with the ball in the air. Um, I, I just I just I just think that he if if Witherspoon falls out that range, the Steelers should be able to get on the phone. I also like whereas I I do like you know some of these top offensive tackles. I love Broderick Jones. I I love his tape. The way that he plays, I think that he bring a meanness to the position that they really needed offensive tackle and a meanness with the detail and potential um I, I think any one of those three you know paris johnson peter skaronsky both good prospects but i just i feel broderick jones is my guy that I, I i've been really harping on in this draft process if you see any one of those three drop in that position the steelers should at least entertain now here's the thing the steelers don't have to necessarily go and trade and trade up and, and definitely make that move because if they don't get that guy they're toast right they they have a lot of there's a lot of potential there and yeah. we've seen with guys like uh TJ Watt like Cam Hayward some of the best players that they've drafted over the past 20 years 
and they waited until the 30s for them to be available. So, like, the Steelers don't have to necessarily make that move. But if they wanted to, they can. And I think this is the way that they would do it, Noah. You'd sit here. You got 17th overall. Let's say you're pick 10, 11, 12, anywhere 10 to 14. Those are, that's the range where you want to jump up, jump up into. You can trade the 17th overall pick and the, the, the 49th overall pick, your second second round pick, and then move up there. And then you have that 32nd overall pick, which Omar Khan has been very open about. Like, hey, yeah, if our phone's ringing, we're going to entertain some phone calls. You could, if if someone gets aggressive and really wants that t- top pick, there could be a really good market for it. You can make teams compete against each other in that trade in that trading process, sure. and then maybe you can trade back in the second round and recoup an extra third round pick, an extra third and a fourth round pick, something along those lines. I think that that's a really good spot for the Steelers to be in, where you still get the amount of day two picks that you came into the draft with, um, and then you also get a higher first round pick. I think it lines up very well. But again, if they want to trade back, if they want to trade back to like 24, 25 and get an extra extra second and extra third or some change there, that I, I wouldn't be against it either. One thing I, I want to remind people is every year we, we all get locked in on our favorite prospects. We always, you know, rank guys and say, oh man, they missed this guy. Well, it's it's over now. We we ultimately we we are this is a, a a dartboard here. We are you know the NFL teams as much as they have more information, a lot more information than us on all these prospects. But you know what? You know you know we're ranking these guys, so uh, you know and it, and it's fun to do so. And afterwards, we're going to be looking at guys like you look back to uh, the Devin Bush draft, where you know there was two guys all season, all, all off season. It was like, oh, Devin White, Devin Bush. You don't get one of those guys, uh, you know you're 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 in a lot of trouble. And and the Steelers made a point. To um to go to go get one of those guys because they had to go get one of them because they needed an inside linebacker an off ball guy um who was who was gonna be who was gonna be there and then it turned out Devin Bush wasn't that guy and, 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 and it just and he might have been if he hadn't gotten hurt but point being he he, he wasn't um and you, you never know which guy you know which which situations you're typing yourself up for so teams with all the research that they can do and it doesn't make them bad drafting teams if they miss once or twice the bad drafting teams are guys that they go for five or six years without getting a hit that's yeah. bad drafting but everyone misses in the draft process it's it's very natural so all i'm saying is don't get locked in too high on certain picks there the steelers have a lot of options because i do think there's a lot of really good talent across the board here yeah i i agree and i think they're set up just like you said at 32 just seems like that play 17 as well. 17 feels like you're a little bit in no man's land. It's mm-hmm. all the top guys are probably gone. You might get somebody that slides, but even then you're playing a risk of, well, does he slide past 15? Does he slide past 17 or 16? Do you have to go get him at that point? Or you're left with guys like Dewan Jones that I think the Steelers are very fascinated with who, yeah, there's a lot of upside there. The fit, the physique is perfect for what you're looking for, but is he a 17th pick in the first round? I don't think so. I think a lot of people think the same way. You could find yourself, if you're the Steelers, looking at, okay, there's not really our guy here at 17. There's also not our guy here at 32. I'm not saying they move back on both of them. I think it'd be one or the other. But if you're sitting there at 32, you get a star at 17. You're feeling real comfortable. Just like you said, to drop back out of 32 and say, hey, let's collect more picks. You know, There's nobody here at 32 that we can't get somewhat of a replica of at 35 or 40 that we could slide down. I think that's actually huge. Do you worry about the notion of who they brought who they brought in with pre-draft visits? So just to look at the look at what they what they've done so far. 
Jonathan mm-hmm. Mingo, I think, is a name to watch. Dwan yep. Jones, they seem to be loving. They took him out to dinner along with Paris Johnson. Uh, John Michael Schmitz is another one. And then you got all the cornerbacks. Do mm-hmm. you find yourself worrying that the offensive lineman that they have brought in might not necessarily be the superstar left tackle that they need? And instead, they're going to go a different direction. Maybe just, in my opinion, if you draft a center, it's somewhat of a wasted draft pick. If you draft a guard this season, I think it's somewhat of a a wasted draft pick. You draft a left tackle, it's a good draft pick as long as they have the upside. If they draft a right tackle, which I think Dewan Jones is, again, I think it's a wasted draft pick. Do you worry that, just like you said at the beginning, they don't have to go out and get what they need. They don't have to go out and get a Devin Bush. Do you worry that they're thinking that maybe they are when you look at who they brought in for visits? You know, I don't think so. When you look at this list here, one, I think it's also important to look at Cody Morrow at North Dakota State. Uh, he's been he's been looking more like an interior offensive lineman than, than yeah. off. He played offensive tackle at North Dakota State, but a lot of teams won him there at the Senior Bowl. He, he practiced there uh, at the interior offensive lineman position. So, like, I mean, I'd be really interested to see what is their plan for you know for for offensive line with this draft class, you know, Osiris Torrance, Steve Avila, uh, John Michael Schmitz, those are all interior guys. So we're looking at the offensive linemen on those. That's four guys who project to be interior uh, uh, offensive linemen and one offensive tackle. Now here's what I'll say to this, to people that are thinking like, are they crazy? Look back throughout the Steelers history of great players. Noah, you can go through almost every position on the board and think, man, that may, even if that guy's not hall of fame, he was extremely high caliber. He was a, a stealer through and through. You, you, you put him on the all time Steelers team. Yep. A- every time I'd go through that list, the one position that I think always is the most lacking is offensive tackle at any point in time of this franchise, there has not been that supreme offensive tackle, you know, the Joe Thomas for the Browns. Granted, he didn't exactly win anything over there, um, but there's, you know, there hasn't been, um, yeah, there hasn't been like a, a guy that's been the, the 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 ultimate offensive tackle that everyone says, oh yeah, he's just one of the one of the best ever. Um, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna be in that conversation. But you look at center, there's Dermonte Dawson, there's Mike Webster. You look at guard, you got Alan Fanica and David DeCastro and, and Mike Webster's at center. Ray, even Ray Mansfield, if you go back that far. And sure, there's gonna be guys that'll be like, well, this guy was pretty good. Like Marcus Gilbert was a good offensive tackle, was never put in that conversation. Maybe that's just the Steelers' philosophy is they think like, hey, de- good to decent offensive tackles, great interior offensive line. That's that's how we like to build. I don't know if that's the right way. I think that, that it's worked for them in the in years past. I would like to see them go and try to get not a, a really good offensive tackle um, in this in this draft year. Um, but I also think that, you know, again, the door is open for a lot of different things. I also don't think if they drafted a John Michael Schmitz or, you know, one of those interior guys in the second round, or the third round, I wouldn't be mad at that because here's the thing. Mason Cole stabilized the offensive line, but I think Mason Cole is a good veteran veteran stabilizing presence. Like he's a, he, That's who he is. Mason Cole's not going to come in with a super high ceiling. He's not going to be the road grader that dominates. I think the Steelers still want their long-term center, the guy who, like you know, some people thought they should have drafted Creed Humphrey in the second round a few years ago when they drafted Pat Frymuth. And if they had gotten that guy, you know, maybe the, maybe the offense looks a little bit different. I think they're still looking for that guy who could come in, be the ultimate road grader, and maybe James Daniels is developing into that with guard. Maybe Isaac Samalo will be that. Maybe there's another guy that they're, they're looking at there. But I think that, that that interior offensive line is still on the board because 
they're state they still want to be dominant at the position they don't want to just be good they want to get a, a an x-factor type of run blocker pass protector um and keep building the picket fence if you will uh with all with everyone making that pun so far so wouldn't say it's a wasted draft pick i think if it was the first round yeah sure because i don't i don't personally I, my big board just how i've looked at guys i don't see any of those interior offensive linemen cracking into my top 17 picks but yep. if we're talking you know in that second round range I'd be intrigued to see, you know, the value that they think that that, that guy's bringing there. But then I think it's also important to look at, like you said, wide receivers position they looked at. They're looking at a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of cornerbacks. All those positions, I think, are groups that you could see the Steelers. And also, I think it's important the Steelers doing their due diligence on some of these guys. A lot of those picks that you had on that list right there, let's let's, let's run through them real quick. Dewan Jones. Very few people putting him in the first round. All yep. those guys right there, uh, Jonathan Mingo, Charlie Jones, none of those guys are first round, like bona fide, going to be top, you know, top 20 picks there. Gervin, Gervin Dexter, really like him and Keanu Benton. Neither one Same. of them I, I see in, in in the first round. Kelly Ringo, Joey Porter Jr., those guys might get, you know, might, I think though, Joey Porter Jr., definitely first round. Kelly Ringo yeah. might, you know, might be up in, in that conversation. Um, but some of these other guys, Emmanuel Fords, I see him a lot in the second round. Julius Brents, I love Julius Brents. He's my favorite second round corner. Like if they could get him in the second round, I, I think that's totally worth it. Tariq Stevenson, a good athlete from Miami. Daniel Scott of California. But again, none of these guys, the top 20, uh, except for Joey Porter Jr., are the top like 20 guaranteed picks here. To me, this is the Steelers feeling out, okay, we know who we really like amongst the top of the top guys. Who do we who do we really like? amongst all the other guys are we okay with with getting one of these guys because we think they're going to be the future pillar player at their position i think that's what they're trying to do right now Noah, is they're sifting through all of those types of talents i i like that i have not thought about that i have not thought about the draft in that direction yet i i i like that take a lot i i think that you're pretty spot on honestly like the the way i see this and the way that you've explained it seemed to Make a lot of sense. You have two picks in the second round. Go hammer out the second round. Find your studs that you could go get at 32, 49, or if you trade back to 35 and add another one. I agree. I think that's it's a good move. It gives you more opening, less stress about who they're bringing in if you think about it that way. So I enjoy that one. All right, let's switch it over here. Bud Dupree, we've been waiting weeks now at this point for Bud Dupree to sign. Yeah. With the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point, still nothing came in for a visit. No contract was even negotiated, according to Pittsburgh Post, because that's Jerry Dulac. And as of today, 1055 in the morning on Monday, there's still no deal done uh, over the weekend. I don't know if you watched the Arthur Motes experience, but he went on a little bit of a tangent saying, I don't know if Bud should sign here. Like he's still got gas left in the tank. Why would you take a hometown discount to return to Pittsburgh and, and play behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and kind of just like finish out your career on a coast. Mm. Yeah. It, it kind of put in my head, maybe Bud Dupree isn't as into the Pittsburgh Steelers and playing a small role at just 30 years old as the fans want him to be. And maybe that's why there's no deal done. Do you have any worries? Do you have any thoughts on what's now approaching week three of Bud Dupree watch? Well, I think it's important to remember he just came in for a visit, and uh, according yeah, to yeah. Our, our friends Jerry Dulac and them at the Post at the Post Gazette, uh, this was there was no money talked. It was just, yep. hey, physical, how you doing? With, yep. let, let, let's talk about that. Yeah, remember I think what the right locker now, room looked like? <laughs> right, right. Like probably like, hey, buddy, good to see you again. And see yeah, how you. TJ Watt was standing at the door, no doubt. TJ <laughs> Watt was standing at the door. But 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 see, here's the thing: is that 
I, I think the Steelers are in a position where they don't necessarily need Bud Dupree. It'd be great to have him because he'd be mm-hmm. again he'd be the third option. And I think Bud Dupree doesn't necessarily need the Steelers. He could probably find another NFL team. But if I'm Bud Dupree, you know, I I just got a big big contract. It didn't work out. Um, as you know, as far as you know, you know, you know, showing high production for the Titans. So now teams are going to be wary about him. But the team that will trust him and give him a lot of playing time and not, you know, he knows will give him a good shot to play coming off the bench and be the top option off the bench is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it just it makes a lot of sense to go get that guy. And for him to say, you know what, you know, unless unless he and this could be what's happening here, the Steelers could be waiting to see, you know, hey. What's the number? This is the number that that we'd like to agree, agree him to agree to. But he still feels like he can get this number that's much higher out there from a team. The Steelers are gonna be like, hey, bud, we're not trying to cut your money. Go go and get the contract you think you're gonna get. We're telling you, yeah, you always got us right here. If 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 you, if you want this, because we'd like to have you back. I think that's what's going on right now. Is that Bud Dupree is probably looking for the bigger deal and he's looking for the opportunity. And that's where it's, he's going to be. Um, that's what's going to be really interesting to see is if does he get does another team pay him like that? If they don't, then I think, yeah, he's like, you know what, Steelers, let's pay on this, this short-term contract. Let's see how this does. And if he blows up, say he has a six-sack season as the third guy off the bench, and then everyone's like, wow, is he back? Maybe. And then next year his his free agency money goes up, and he, and he you know, that, that works out, and the Steelers can, you know, kind of like, you know, they're both like, hey, good business with you. He had a great year back. Uh, we're going to move forward there. But uh, I think that's what's going on here. Plus, we, we also don't know how this physical went. You know, uh, I think the Steelers, they've shown they're willing to take guys who are still recovering if they think they're really good, like Larry Ogunjobi. We saw that yep. last year. Um, but I, I don't think it's a guarantee that uh, that he's ne- that they've nest- that both sides have necessarily moved on at this point. I think everyone's kind of just seeing how things continue to play out because, you know, all teams are thinking right now what they want to get. This may even wait until after the draft for, you know, who drafts what at edge rushers across the league. And then everyone's like, hmm, all right, now it's time to make that mad scramble for all the free agents that are out there. So um, still, we'll just be I think we everyone needs to be patient. But eventually, I think that the, the opportunity will come. And I do think the Steelers will eventually. I, I don't see another team making a big play for Bud Dupree. And I think that he will end up talking to and talking with them and being like, all right, I'll agree to this deal and, and this will work. I mean, maybe for a year, maybe two, if they're lucky. Yeah. I, I see the same thing. I see it one of two ways, just like you said, it's either something went wrong with the physical and they're a little bit weary and, you know, mm-hmm. they just want to hold back and, you know, really talk to their doctors or just like you said, Bud Dupree was very open and honest. And I'm sure that Omar and Mike and everybody was open and honest too. I'm 30 years old. I have minimum time left in the NFL. I would like to make as much money as possible. I was supposed to make $20 million this year. Mm. That didn't happen. I would like to make more than, you know, a number that people are tossing out is like three, three and a half million dollars to sign with the Steelers. Would like to make more than that. I still think that it's a risk for his part to return to the Steelers. Just six sacks coming off the bench. Yeah, that looks amazing. And in the NFL, it's forgive and forget. If you have one good year, it does not matter what you did before that. You will get paid in this league. If he comes in here and he doesn't do anything, he's going to end up finishing finishing his career in Pittsburgh, making minimum money, playing minimum snaps. I don't know if that's what he's looking for. Former first round. I, I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. You were the one that kind of tossed this whole thing. Yeah, I think you were the founder of the Bud Dupree train. <laughs> I, I will happily day. take that. T- you that did. Flag. You did. I, I, I remember you saying there's a name. There's a sneaky name. And I was like, oh, who is this? Bud Dupree made total sense. You said you you talked numbers way back then. 
I think the number was like under $10 million. I think it's shrunk since even, then. Even, even under eight. Like, like, yeah. like, like I, I think a solid contract would be four to five, maybe $6 million for yep. a single year contract and be like, hey, bud, here's, you're, you're making good money. He's still, because he's still got some guaranteed money from Tennessee. Like, he still, yeah. he still has. What? It's like $13 million pulled. or something that he's going to get paid either way. Exactly. So, like, he's making money right now. I think, but, but again, I think Bud's looking around like, you know, if someone's willing to pay me $10 million, I ain't going to turn that down just to yeah. come back to Pittsburgh because I love them. I want to get paid. You know, this yeah. is this is the time of history. It's also, you know, I think it's important to remember too, Bud Dupree, you know, when you look at, when you look at his, his career, this is the time for him to get paid. This is what he stayed in Pittsburgh for so long. Uh, to to do when you go back when you go back over his contracts, you know he was there from 2015 to 2020, and then he had two years with the Titans. Bud Dupree now he's what 20 29. He'll be 30 soon. If he's he'll not, be 30, if he he'll be no. I think it, he is 30. I think he, he is 30. Turned, he just he turned just 30. turned 30. So like yeah. this is the time when edge rushers they start get to get their last big deals unless they're like you know the the, the uh you know, like the uh, what you would call it the the guy like Frank Clark or guys that yeah, stick yeah, around yeah. and they keep getting you know paid when they're 35 36 years old they just come back for big one year deals um mm-hmm. out of way like you know Dwight uh Dwight Freed and like those like guys but like I, I think that that Bud Dupree is in a position where he says like look I only got a couple more years to even do this so that's why he might also be hesitating you know what at 30 you know, like, do I want to take a one year deal? And so I, I agree. Yep. Like, it's not a it's not a, a slam dunk thing. It was just something I was like, I know I just like how I, I called Miles Jack before a lot of people did last year, too, because I just looked at the money. And I was like, man, there's no way the Jaguars are going to pay him that deal. He'd be a really interesting fit for what the Steelers need right now in free agency. And then it, it just so happened to work that way. And there's, it doesn't always work that way. I was just when I was looking, at, I was like, this looks like an interesting cut and sign option here. And when yeah. I looked at I looked around the NFL, I was like, Bud Dupree made the most sense as far as this year's cut and sign option. I was like, there's he has four sacks in two years. No way the Titans are going to keep paying him the money that they're paying him. Uh, he's going to be gone. And of course, the Steelers, they need a third edge rusher. They have that relationship with Bud Dupree. They love Bud Dupree. He's always professed respect and love for them. It just makes too much sense. Doesn't guarantee it's going to happen. I'm just saying that things are lining up there. So uh, yeah. again, not a guarantee on my part. Just more of like a. I, I think these things line up pretty well as an opportunity for both sides. But again, we'll see. Maybe Bud gets a big contract somewhere else. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's still a waiting game. I I like your perspective. I think the NFL draft is a very good point to say this is milestone one. If it doesn't happen before it, don't rule it out that it's going to happen afterwards because. Just like I think my, I think there's a couple of guys right now. Miles Boykin, I think, is on that list. I think Benny Snell Jr. might be on that list of guys that they bring back after the draft if they're not able to add, if somebody doesn't fall to them. They're not going to be positions that they target, but if nobody falls to them and they don't get an outside wide receiver who could play special teams in the seventh round, well, hello, Miles Boykin. Welcome back to the team. If they don't get an outside linebacker, hello, Bud Dupree, unless he gets paid somewhere else. And I think that's a waiting game that uh, is very interesting to watch. Before I let you go here, I do want to ask you one more thing. Sure. We are heading into draft month. It's officially April. We are 20, what's today? The third, 24 days away from mm-hmm. the first pick in the draft. Very exciting times. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers heading into this final month. Don't expect much more free agency to happen until after the draft, so on and so forth. What do you see as their biggest need for this final month before the draft? Ooh, biggest need, biggest need, biggest need. Um... As far as I mean, another another a Bud Dupree like signing would be, yeah. would, would be another depth edge rusher so that they can feel comfortable that they have three good options there. Now they went back and brought back Jamar Jones. They also brought, 
Quincy Roche, I believe. Uh, yeah, so like, but Jameer Jones didn't do anything last season. And he's not going to. But no. I, I think he's he's a depth piece there where if he looks good in training camp, awesome fourth option. Yep. But you still want that big three, like, you know, another guy to come off, come off the field. And I mean, look again, we've talked a lot about Andy Weidel and what he wants his influence to be. Andy Weidel's big thing with, with the Eagles was have lots of guys in the trenches, rotation, 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 fresh yep. legs, always coming at you, being aggressive. That's why I also thought Bud Dupree made the most sense because he might get hurt if you play him, you know, 80% of the snaps a game. But if you play him 40%. I think that that puts him in a good position to kind of protect himself and, and be healthy for, you know, for the, for the, for the, his time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, if he were to sign with them. So I think that that's, that's where you're looking at. They want to add more depth and pass rusher depth, uh, you know, not necessarily just edge rusher, but also interior pass rushers. You know, Chris Wormley, I believe is still out there in free agency. Wouldn't yep. be shocked if, if they brought him back on like a small short-term deal, just because they, now they have a uh, Braden Fajoko, who's a pure run stuffer. He's not going to get after the quarterback at all, but they need, those guys there to, to also get after the quarterback. So I, I just think they, they have those on the table. That's the position I think they would add to uh, most in free agency. But I wouldn't be shocked if this, again, if this doesn't happen until after the draft when they kind of see how things play out. And then they're like, okay, now we know who we got. Let's go get aggressive and uh, and make some final signings here before uh, mini camp starts. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm right with you. I'm more interior. I think that the Steelers right now, they have their starters. Cam Hayward is defining father time, and until proven otherwise, I'm going to look at him as a guy who will define father time. Larry Ogunjobi, I expect more from him in year two than year one. Whoever starts at nose tackle starts at nose tackle. I think there's still a position there that could be filled, but I think that you need depth. I don't know what DeMarvin Leal is. I'd like to know that this season, Isaiah Loudermilk is a giant question mark, and you don't even know if he's going to make the roster this season. You need depth on the interior. Just like you said, Andy Weidel is, loves his rotation. Loves his big men, and I think if the Pittsburgh Steelers are able to add more to their defensive line, they're going to, and they're going to utilize every piece that's there and available because that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers would like to do. That's Pittsburgh Steelers of old to have a dominant up front and say, hey, look, you can't beat us with your line of script, with your offensive line at the line of scrimmage. You're not going to win this football game. So right. I-, I think the Steelers are headed back there. All right, with that, we're heading out of here. Chris, thank you so much for jumping on me. As, as I said at the beginning of this, make sure to go check him out. Locked on Steelers podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette beat writer, fi- WPXI final word. What's that? That's Sundays, right? Every Sunday? Every su- every Sunday night, uh, 1135. Word. And then tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Follow me and uh, you'll get all you'll get all my takes there. But yeah, check me out at Locked On Steelers, Pittsburgh Post Gazette, WPXI, everything, man. We're always doing the things. And thank you, Noah, for bringing me on all Steelers talk. It's always good to chat with you. Hey, always. I was excited to. Uh, you are actually. This is the first time you've been on here. I've been on yours a couple of times. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll get these we'll make that happen. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More often. Uh, thank you guys. Enjoy this week. I will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the beginning of your week. Peace. 